Hello, welcome back to Ask the Expert. My name is Sandy Minardi from Sandman Financial. If you would like more information about what you hear during our show today, please give us a call, 918-232-7665, or you can also visit online at sandman.financial, S-A-N-D-M-A-N.financial with no.com after it. There's a great little form there you can fill out and request that we get in touch with you. So, but while you're at my website, you can also click on the radio page to check out past shows and even subscribe to one of our podcasts on Apple, Google Play, or Spotify. Please don't hesitate to reach out with, to us with any questions or to set up a face-to-face meeting. Now, for millions of people, life insurance is a tool that will allow family members to pay utility bills and pay, gosh, all kinds of bills, not just utility bills, to you know go to college or even support family businesses if the injured person passes away. Ultimately, the thinking is, if you're the beneficiary on a life insurance policy, you have some degree of protection for your financial future. So that's what we're going to talk about. But before we get too much into it, let me introduce my co-host, Tom Davis. Hey, how are you today? Uh, well, I'm doing well, Sandy. You know, I've always thought of life insurance as one of those topics that, you know, most of us know at least a little bit about. I mean, a person dies and then their beneficiaries receive a financial payout. Simple enough. But like so many other elements of our financial lives, if you dig a little bit below the surface, you'll discover pretty quickly that it's a bit more complicated. Oh, I I think that's so right, Tom. And it's important to know what will happen if you're the beneficiary of a life insurance policy. I kind of like how a Forbes article summarizes it that I saw not too long ago. It's 10 things life insurance beneficiaries should know. Good read. There's some good insight into this topic in that article. Now, the first thing that a beneficiary should know is they don't need a physical copy of the policy to make a claim. It's especially important to know this because, you know, after someone you care about has passed away, the last thing you need to do is stress about trying to track down life insurance paperwork. After all, many people purchase a life insurance policy so many years before they pass, it just kind of increases the likelihood of that policy getting lost in the shuffle. If you're the beneficiary of a life insurance policy, the only thing you need to know is the name of the life insurance company. From there, you can reach out, inform them that a customer of theirs has died, and then they'll get you the claim form, get things rolling. Well, that's really a good point to start us off with, Sandy. Honestly, I would have expected that the beneficiary would need to have the paper policy at the ready, you know, to get the process started. Well, you won't need the actual policy to file a claim. You will need to provide the life insurance company with a certified copy of the policyholder's death certificate. So once you have the claim form, you most likely just attach the death certificate to it. From there, you'll be ready to submit the paperwork to make that claim. In my experience, people handling the funeral arrangements will secure certified copies of the death certificate on your behalf so that mm-hmm. you know th- that person could make the process just a little less stressful. Yeah, good point. Good point. I mean, sometimes you have to wait a little bit for them to get that to you. But um, but yeah, they provide that service to you. It is, man, it's so good to have people on your side during a difficult time. And another thing our listeners should bear in mind is that life insurance payout is tax free. Let me repeat that. 
life insurance benefits are tax-free for the designated beneficiary, no matter how large the payout is. According to that Forbes article, you don't have to report life insurance proceeds as income unless the policy was transferred to you for cash or other valuable consideration. Those standards, though, they, they don't apply very often to very many beneficiaries. I think that for a lot of people, the idea of tax-free distributions is one of the biggest things that makes life insurance a key part of an overall financial strategy that considers both income for retirement and the legacy that you'll leave behind. What do you have next for us, Sandy? Another potential factor that people should be aware of is that they might not get the full policy face amount. Let me, I'll explain that, okay, Okay. (laughs) a little bit. As you probably can guess, a a policy's face amount is simply the number stated on the application, a million dollars, let's say, for example. However, that face amount might not be the amount available to a beneficiary after the insured person's death. If the policy was a cash value life insurance policy, and we'll get into that more as we go through the show, Mm -hmm. if the policy took uh, withdrawals against the cash value or loans from the policy, which are, you can do that in the, in certain kinds of policies, and, and maybe they weren't paid back. The life insurance policy will reduce the payout amount accordingly. I'm guessing that wrinkle caught the attention of some of our listeners, Sandy. Now, can you give us an example? Okay, yeah, I'll go a little bit farther on this. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's say, I, I just mentioned, the policy in question had a face value of a million dollars, but the policy owner took a $50,000 loan from the cash value of the policy and neglected to pay it back before their death. The life insurance payout would be reduced accordingly by the $50,000 plus loan interest. Hmm. And since the beneficiary might not even know about the policy, let alone the policy owner's actions, some of this may come as quite a surprise. You just never know, do you? I mean, I bet that's not the only thing that comes up for beneficiaries when they cash out a life insurance policy. What else might come up for people that they need to be aware of? Yeah, there's there's a few things. The, the article that I mentioned earlier states the fact that a company will only pay to the people listed as beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. Simply put, a life insurance policy, it's a contract, and the life insurance company is bound to pay only the beneficiaries who are listed on the policy. Now, it does not matter if heirs or beneficiaries are named in a will or trust, other important documents, the life insurance contract supersedes all of them. What that means in the end that if if a person argues that they deserve the money from a life insurance payout and are going to file a claim, their words are meaningless unless they're specifically listed on the life insurance policy. I think the notion that the life insurance policy trumps what's stated in a will is critically important, Sandy. It is, Tom. I mean, I I have a personal story that I want to just briefly share. When my parents had a one particular insurance policy, it was designed for a specific purpose. One of my siblings was left out of it intentionally because they were my parents were crossways with her, quite honestly, at the time they took out the policy. Well, years went by. Feelings were healed. Everything was wonderful in our family again. That it was an irrevocable kind of a policy. So they couldn't even go back and change the policy and the beneficiaries. They had to rely on their verbal request to me and, and my other sibling to 
share in the proceeds. We weren't legally bound to do so. We, you know, we, we could have just taken the money and not, not uh, done that. But of course, we're going to, you know, live by their wishes and did that. But her name, this one sibling was left out of the policy. Mm. So uh, legally, there was no requirement to make that payment. Just a little side note there. So, but when it comes to contracts and documentation and, and things of that sort, our listeners should also know that if they are one of the beneficiaries of a life insurance policy, they don't have the right to know who the other beneficiaries are. The life insurance contract dictates the percentage payout to each of the named beneficiaries. Accordingly, it's possible that after you file a claim, you're you're going to find out that you're one of just multiple beneficiaries or that you got left out like my wow. sister was wow i know mm. so naturally you're you're going to want to know who the other beneficiaries are but the life insurance company will keep that information private along those same lines if you aren't the policy holder you aren't going to be able to find out who the beneficiaries are of someone else's policy. Well, that's interesting. And I'm, I'm sure plenty of people have tried to figure out who else is getting a piece of a life insurance payout. But financial data is private and for a good reason. Now, we've had a great show so far, Sandy, but our time is up for this segment. You know how it goes. <laughs> Anything else for us yeah. before we go to that short break? I want to encourage my listeners to call my office at 918-232-7665 to discuss how we can answer these questions or others and even get a quote for you on a life insurance policy. When we come back, I'm going to share a strategy for using a life insurance policy to protect your legacy for your heirs. Thanks, Sandy. Folks, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ask the Expert. My name is Sandy Minardi from Sandman Financial. If you would like more information about what you hear today during the show, give me a call at 918-232-7665. You can always go online to sandman.financial and request, fill out the little form and ask us to get in touch with you. While you're there, click on the radio page. And we mentioned this earlier at the top of the show. There's other shows, my gosh, on a bunch of topics. The biggie right now, Roth conversions and 401k rollovers, basics of life insurance, even Medicare, if that's on your horizon in the next six months. Now, today, we've been discussing what you should know about life insurance. Before the break, I mentioned I'd share a strategy for using life insurance to protect your estate. Yes, you mentioned this earlier, which really hits home for a lot of our listeners, many who are in ag business and who are ranchers. So uh, please share. Okay. I I was reminded of this just a few days ago. felt like it was important to share it. So I was visiting with one of our listeners who's a rancher. And one strategy that is is really, I think, a, a smart thing to consider is to use a life insurance policy to help your heirs prepare to pay any taxes that could possibly arise from their inheritance. Now, the value of an estate, golly, it it greatly increases when you're passing on property like a ranch to your children. If the value exceeds whatever the current estate maximum is, your heirs may be held responsible for paying 40% currently in estate taxes. And right now, If Biden gets this part of his tax proposal through, that could reduce the estate gift tax amount from over $11 million for a single filer all the way down to $3.5 million. The proposal, it also includes raising the tax liability 
on estates from 40 to 45%. Certainly something to consider in your legacy plans. Wow. Folks, you ranchers out there, this is definitely something to pay attention to. Man, we could end the show on uh, that thought alone, Sandy, but I know that you have some other things that beneficiaries should be aware of concerning life insurance policies. There are, and um, this is one I, I really hate to tell people about, but it's possible that you won't know if a policy in which your beneficiary has lapsed. If the policy owner stopped making payments and let the policy lapse, there won't be a payout to collect. However, if the payment stopped recently because the policy owner was ill during the last months of their life, for example, you may be able to pay the back premiums and then file your claim. That's a huge thing to even be aware of when your parents or grandparents or whoever the policy owner is becomes ill. So let me ask you this, Sandy. If you don't know if you're a beneficiary, will life insurance companies you know, try to find you? Well, that depends, Tom. The, the life insurance company won't necessarily know if one of their customers has passed away. Therefore, if you if you know that you're a beneficiary, you should simply let the company know the policyholder has has passed away. Under recent settlements in some states, insurers are now they're because they're obligated to routinely check for the death of policyholders. They'll typically do this by checking their policyholders against a government database of deaths, but no guarantees. Best thing to do is to be proactive and let the insurance company know about the death of their customer. One of the things I'm curious about, Sandy, is how the actual payout works. Will a check arrive in the mail or will someone drop off a briefcase full of cash like you see in the movies? I love that idea. I, I can say with absolute certainty, though, that a briefcase full of cash isn't going to be showing up at your doorstep. I didn't think but, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you'll likely have choices when it does come to the payout. A lot of times people will take lump sum payments, and that's probably going to be the most attractive option. But many life insurance companies offer beneficiaries the choice beyond a lump sum payment. One common thing is, is to get installment payments that are paid out in equal amounts over a set period of time, maybe five or even up to 10 years. Well, that's certainly more great information. So I got another question. Now, this is one that many okay. of our listeners are probably curious about. How long does it take typically to receive that payout? Ah, that's a definite question that just about everybody would have. <laughs> Once you've submitted the paperwork, which is your claim form and a copy of the death certificate, your payout on it would likely happen really quick. Sometimes it's in as little as a week. You know, a good rule of thumb is to expect your money in about 30 days. Well, that's really quick and probably a good idea to contact the insurance company as soon as you have a death certificate. Oh, definitely. Especially if the premium payments have been being paid monthly. Don't let too much time get away from you. So, okay, in our last few minutes, I want to change our focus a little bit to some of the pros and cons of purchasing life insurance. Tom, you know I love Investopedia. Oh, yeah, um, you do. <laughs> I know, I know. I just can't help myself. It's just a great resource. There's, there's a pretty recent article, Is Life Insurance a Smart Investment? which represents or really presents a full picture about what buying life insurance can look like and what it can do for your overall financial strategy. Now, we've discussed before, life insurance generally falls into two categories, permanent and term. 
term insurance is similar to auto insurance is a pretty good analogy. You pay a certain amount each month, and if something bad happens, in the case of a term life policy would be your death, then a benefit is paid out. But if something bad doesn't happen during the agreed upon term, then you don't receive any benefit. But you're probably okay with that because something didn't happen bad. So (laughs) conversely, permanent life insurance has an investment element and allows the policyholder to build cash value. The cash value component may provide ways to invest and borrow this pool of money. These policies are often structured as long-term care life insurance policies as well, which is, gosh, another huge need I'm seeing from clients today, especially as life expectancy is getting out there farther. Oh, yeah, that's a huge need, and it's probably worthy of its own show. Uh, But keeping it right here in general terms, uh, what does the article say about permanent life insurance, Sandy? Okay, absolutely. And note taken, we'll do a a whole show on long-term care sometime, okay? (laughs) One of the things that you should consider when it comes to permanent life insurance, Tom, is that you get tax-deferred growth, which means that you don't have to pay taxes on any of the interest, dividends, or capital gains on the cash value piece of your life insurance policy until you withdraw the proceeds. Does permanent life insurance come with any time requirements? You can keep most policies through the age of 120, as long as you're keeping up with your premiums. Good. Therefore, I know, (laughs) permanent life insurance is sometimes touted over term because you don't lose your coverage after a set number of years. The term policy ends when you reach the end of the stated term, which for most people is sometimes when you're in your 60s because, you know, there are 10, 20, 30-year term policies. But if you live to 120... Will you really need the death benefit? That's probably something to think about. And in many cases, the people that you originally bought the policy to protect, predominantly your spouse, but could be your kids, for example, will either be self-sufficient or may have passed away as well. Mm. Yet, if you anticipate that people will be financially dependent on you beyond the common length of time of a term policy, this benefit might hold some really uh, strong appeal to you. Well, that's a great distinction. And uh, lastly, before we go, uh, what are some of the pros and cons of term life insurance? Okay. When you buy a term life policy, your premiums go to secure a death benefit for your beneficiaries. The term life insurance, unlike permanent life insurance, doesn't have any cash value and therefore doesn't have an investment component. If you're still alive when your term ends and the policy lapses and you and your beneficiaries don't receive any money. But I think it's important to remember that when it comes to term life insurance, you're paying a fairly small premium in exchange for the knowledge that should you die, the people you love and care about will receive potentially a sizable death benefit. Well, give us a good term insurance example, Sandy. You know, that always helps me understand it in a you know more practical setting. Oh, for sure. Here you go. Let's say a non-smoking 30-year-old woman in excellent health may be able to get a 20-year term policy with a death benefit of a million dollars for around $480 a year. If this person were to die at age 49 after paying 19 years of premium, their beneficiaries would receive a million in, that would be tax-free, even though she had only paid $9,120 in premiums. Hmm. Term life insurance may prove to be an excellent investment should your beneficiaries ever have to use it. 
Of course, if you're in the majority group whose beneficiaries will never file a claim, it will have been a negative return on your investment, at least in strict financial terms. But as we discussed a few minutes ago, how much is your peace of mind worth? How about an example of permanent life insurance, Sandy? Let's use the same woman in a previous example. If she purchased a million dollars of whole life insurance from the same company, she'd be paying $9,370 annually. But what would that extra cost equate to in cash value? After 10 years, the cash value would be over, well, it'd be 60, over 65, almost $66,000 with having paid 93,700 in premiums. So let's take it further. After 20 years, the guaranteed cash value would be possibly as high as 180, almost 182,000, having paid 187,000 in premiums. The downside to that, the same money invested in a way that allows for market return could have grown faster. So talking with a financial services professional that can help you determine which options fits with your retirement and your legacy goals. Well, this has been a great episode. Oh, yeah, you knew we're out of time, right? <laughs> Final thoughts? <laughs> right. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. If you have any questions about your financial strategy, need a quote, visit my website at sandman.financial. Fill out that request for us to contact you or call my office. We'd love to help. Remember, that number again is 918 232 7665. Give her a call. 918-232-7665. And this concludes our time for today. For Ask the Expert with Sandy Minardi from Sandman Financial and me, your co-host, Tom Davis. Hey, take care, stay healthy, and God bless you. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed are solely those of Sandman Financial and staff. All topics covered are believed to be from reliable sources. However, Sandman Financial makes no representations to its accuracy or its completeness. This commercial shall in no way be construed as a solicitation to sell securities or advisory services to residents of any state other than those states where otherwise permitted. Topics should be discussed with your individual advisor prior to implementation. Insurance products and services are offered through Sandman Financial and the affiliated companies. Sandman Financial and the insurance companies represented are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, Federal Medicare Program, or any government agency. Please keep in mind that purchasing life insurance typically requires health underwriting and in many instances, financial underwriting. 